Hello, welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. I'm LaTanya Hendry, and this week, once again, I will be doing commentary about a particular situation that I am personally going through right at this moment. But I would also like to shed light to I'm not the only one going through similar situations as the one that I'm going to share today. So how does it feel when you're considered less than? How does it feel when you're considered not good enough? What goes through you when you're treated not like someone else because of a social economic standard or because of society how we are looked at when we don't have certain things in place or when we have not been I'm not going to say as fortunate as others but maybe have not made the best decisions in life and that puts us in a a certain certain situations that may not be favorable but because we are isolated to what society looks at us to be we may be put in a different context so today I want to shed light on some particular issues of not being good enough of not maybe having enough not being in the right quote-unquote family not being known or not being accepted in a certain circle you know we put so much emphasis on being accepted by people when we don't even accept ourselves at times so today I'm just going to do a brief commentary about a situation I'm going through and I believe that this season season three in this episode three but I believe this season God is leading me to do more commentary I'm going to have guests on to share their stories but I also want to shed light on situations and and give you something to think about this season um just to enlighten us and make us aware of some things that we may not even think about because until it happens to you you don't think about it or you hear it on the news and you're like that cannot happen to me and the next thing you know you're in the center of something that you're not prepared for so i'm going to take a break um y'all know the routine get comfortable make yourself um, some latte or get a smoothie or something and pause and just get yourself situated and when we come back we'll do commentary for this week and we're going to talk about the trauma of not being good enough the trauma of not being good enough so be sure to come back eccentric studio one art gallery and boutique is located at 309 West Julian Street in beautiful City Market, right above Belfords. Their number is 912-272-0085. Eccentric Studio, the number one, dot com is the website. Shop local down here in the heart of Savannah's City Market. The multifaceted art gallery and boutique offers an array of handmade gifts from fine art, custom wood decor, boho and Afrocentric jewelry, to hand-poured candles, scented shea butters, and more. 
The artist owners would love to share their gifts with you. Visit their art gallery and boutique to shop their eccentric collection. They offer 10% off to total purchase for locals and military. So visit Eccentric Studio One in beautiful City Market. Their number is 912-272-0085. Website is eccentricstudio1.com. The art gallery that offers so much more. So here we are. Welcome back to season three, episode three of A Woman's Soul Restored. And we're talking about the trauma of not being good enough. The trauma of not being good enough. What if you're in a situation where, and and this is just, it's hypothetical, but it's not hypothetical because it happens in hospitals across our nation other parts of the country these are situations that happen so i want you to think about if you don't have health insurance and you have to go into the hospital and you get maybe admitted or you're supposed to be admitted but because you don't have health insurance or maybe you have medicare or medicaid that limits certain things or certain procedures that you can have especially in this country where the the limitations on medicare is ridiculous um, and it really makes you wonder about the things that's supposed to be an asset to you when you really need it, how much of an asset it really is. But get back into this scenario that could be factual because it happens multiple times across our country and across the world in different um, hospitals and, and different medical facilities, clinics and what have you, that, and, and which clinics are supposed to accept you know, people with that's not insured. The public hospital is supposed to accept people that's not insured that maybe they, they may be able to pay their bill on a payment plan or they may not be able to. But what kind of treatment? You have two people that come in. One has insurance and one doesn't. And they have the same condition. They may be having chest pains. And they go through the battery of tests and and, and they're showing the, the same symptoms. Their heartbeat is, is impulsive and their blood is beating, their heart is beating fast. And all these symptoms are going on to where they may have to stay overnight for further evaluation. But how often would that person that does not have health insurance be able to stay if they're not having an automatic immediate emergency situation? That person that has insurance probably will be able to stay over at the hospital and get further te- a battery of tests done and get further evaluated. And that next day they can assess whether they can go home or not or, or pinpoint a condition or what's going on with them to a point where they need to stay. But what about that person that don't have health insurance? What about that person that they need to be checked out as well? They need to know what's going on with them. But because they don't have health insurance, they get sent home. Or because they have Medicaid, they get sent home because a lot of conditions or a lot of treatments 
you have to get permission for Medicaid for and to keep from going through the headache a lot of you know doctors hospitals particularly doctors personal doctors do not want to go through the paperwork of dealing with Medicaid so it's a whole separate genre of mental trauma that goes through when you have to endure something like that and if you have chronic conditions and and you're not insured or you're on medicaid and you have to go through this constantly of battery of of getting permissions and tests and getting um approved for medicaid or the, the the gamut of things that goes on because you don't have insurance insurance i'm going to put it like that if you don't have personal insurance i have job uh, insurance from your job it's different it's very different the care that you get the attention that you get the the the, the patients that the medical staff has you with you and it's not in all hospitals but it's a degree uh, and this is personal opinion i do believe is a certain degree of biases that take place in that setting if you do not have insurance because maybe they look at you they've not been paid for services and it goes on your credit report and is even though if it's on your credit report it doesn't really get looked at like that you know is it's just everybody got medical bills so it's on there but it's not considered too bad against you as opposed to a repossession or losing foreclosure or something um it's just different so if you look at that scenario with being less than and being treated like you're less than even though you may have the same condition as somebody that has insurance but you're not going to get the same treatment or you feel you're not going to get the same treatment either because of past um rendezvous with medical staff or that uh, particular hospital or a family member or a situation you have heard of of someone that got kind of pushed away or set, set aside so to speak of being considered less than a citizen uh, or, or just not up to par with somebody that has insurance what what actually goes through administrator's head when they they're they're doing coming in if if you're in the emergency room and they come in with that clipboard to get your um health insurance card or get your information and you can give them everything except your medical card because you don't have insurance you know they're not going to show that in front of you they're not going to say well you know um however they're feeling because they're professional at least they're not supposed to you know some people can't hide the emotions that they're going through on their face i happen to be one of those people i can't hide what my i'm feeling because my facial expression shows it but if you're in a professional setting you can see that stuff sometimes and it does something to you that you have to say you don't have insurance so you have to say what it is that you don't have and you know the stigma or the thoughts that's going through that person's head that's taking your information so that's one scenario so i'm going to give you all a situation that i'm going through and i'm recording this on tuesday night at 10:50 p.m a situation i went through today today something that was brought to my attention that 
um, really shook me and, and the person I was going through it with to the core. And it bothered me because it bothered them first. But then after a while, it just bothered me because a wrongdoing is a wrongdoing. But I'm going to make this disclaimer first that I'm not going to mention any names or anyone. And I'm not also not going to mention the business that I'm going to be discussing in this podcast this week. So I'm not discussing anyone's name and I'm not discussing the name of the business. I am just going over the situation and the scenario that took place maybe 10 hours ago, eight hours ago today. So to set this up, last week I said that I had a best friend that passed on. It was the 4th of July, but they kept her on life support for an extra week. So she was actually declared um, deceased that following Monday because the 4th of July was on a Monday. She had health insurance, but we could not find it. And I said we because I'm not her biological family, but over 30 years, we couldn't have been any closer than family. So a lot of the things that her sister and her son were going through, we went through together. I was helping them with some things and helped them with arrangements and putting some things together. I went with them to the funeral home when we got ready to discuss with them that we could not find the insurance, but we would have to be paying ourselves and, you know, setting things up. So we went through that process and and just from a business level just to say that a funeral home even though it is a funeral home it's still a business these people are running a business so of course they're there to lend give you help have compassion towards you help you in any way that they can but the bottom line is they're still a business and i know back in the day they used to work with families that did not have insurance to do a payment plan they also was able to trace, you know, insurance policies back then, but because of fraud and things that took place, they no longer do that. You can't go in and put the name in and try to find someone's insurance. That's not something that's feasible any longer. So even though she did have insurance, they could not track anything down to see what company the policy was with or whatever. So in that day of discussing when me and her sister and her son was in that office with that funeral director. He went over some, you know, the basics with us. He, you know, her son had to sign papers saying that, you know, the, the amount that was given to do a cremation because we, because we did not have all the money to do a funeral. And if we were raising it, we know it's a process to raise money. Um, anybody, family that had to go through this, unfortunately, I have had had to go through it several times with different family members that didn't have insurance and had to set up GoFundMes or sell dinners and et cetera, et cetera, and et cetera. You know, when you're trying to grieve and trying to raise money at the same time, that's trauma within itself. It's very difficult. And I don't want to go doubly saying what I said last week, but what happened today is directly runs its course with what I discussed last week. But after we were in that office and we were discussing things and they told us the amount that was going to be due 
for a service, a cremation and a service, because we, we weren't able to see her anymore because at this point she had not been sitting, you know, for a period of time. So we're going to do the cremation and then, you know, we'll have the service with the urn and her son would be able to take the urn afterwards. But it took us maybe two and a half weeks to get that money, almost three weeks to get the money up. Um, it, the, it was paid last week. The final amount was paid by a family member of hers. And her son was communicating through via text with myself and his aunt, which is my friend's sister. So he sent the text that was sent to him by the funeral admin, the funeral um, home's administrator, taking a picture of the receipt that the family member did come in and pay what was left or the balance that was left on the account and he said you know thank you for your patience and he sent the praying hands which first of all i don't believe that that kind of business should have been conducted through a text but he said he had been communicating with this administrator through text so i guess they assumed it was okay to finish up that way as well so moving on he sent the Thank you for your thank y'all for your patience waiting for us to get payment in with the praying hands and then he said specifically what what's the next step? What does the what do we need to do next? And the text that came from the administrator was simply Thank you for your payment. When your family member, when your loved one gets back from the crematory, we will contact you all. So that was the last we heard and that was last that was mid last week so to our knowledge we just thought that she was going to that maybe the next day because we only have one crematory here in savannah so we was thinking you know the next day she go to the crematory and maybe she'll come back friday or no later than monday we would hear something and then we can go from there with planning and 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 finally put this nightmare to rest and be able to grieve properly because you can't grieve with stuff up in the air because your thoughts are trying to get a resolution to the problem and the problem is to get your loved one settled so that you can grieve so here we are yesterday not hearing anything so today and i call in my nephew um my kids call her called her still talking in the present y'all excuse me my children called her auntie and, and her children called me auntie. So my nephew called the funeral home to see, you know, maybe you know, what's the hole up. Um, maybe they got bogged down or something and forgot to call yesterday. So he texted the young lady that was um, communicating with him via text, asking her, you know, okay, it's Tuesday, you know, what's going on? Um, What's, what's the updates? And that's exactly what he said he put in the text. What's the updates? So the person then responded, who am I talking to? Who's this? So he said, okay. So he called his name and then he called out his mother name in reference to her being the person that the account, which was he was contacting her about. So she then says she had a death in the family. Her brother passed and went into a litany of, you know, maybe, you know, she might have not finished some things because she was going through a death herself. 
So he said, okay, well, maybe I'll just go ahead and call the funeral home. So when he called the funeral home to, you know, expecting to hear, you know, well, okay, we got her back and y'all can come in and plan and set a date for the service or whatever. Instead of hearing that, what he heard was she was still at the funeral home because they had not received the death certificate yet. Now, like I've said, I've went through this process before with family members not having insurance and, and dealing with different things. But I must say in my years, I have never went through this type of non-communication, unprofessionalism from a business that's supposed to be top-notch. Their service fees are top-notch. So the service should be top-notch as well. So I'm not going to say that we were treated the way we're being treated because my friend, we could not find her life insurance. But I am going to say it looks that way. It, it looks like, you know, if if we had insurance and everything was in place and we wanted her cremated, because I had a my older sister was cremated. And even though I don't know if the funeral homes have different procedures, you know, they may do things differently, but... It was not handled like this. It, it was not. I, actually, both of my sisters on my mother's side, um, my older sisters, were cremated. One in 2016 and one in 2019. Both of them were cremated. So it, it, it was not this. It, it was not this, this communication issue. Because it's not the fact that they did not have, you know, haven't got the death certificate yet. The point that really caused contention was that it was not communicated. When that those texts were being exchanged and he specifically asked, what, what do we need to do? What is the next step? The next text that came from that administrator should have been, well, we have to wait for the death certificate before we do anything else. And then once we get that in place, and then she should have said the stuff about we'll send your loved one to the crematory and we'll contact y'all when your loved one is back with us. Now, that should have been the protocol. I don't know if we had insurance if that would have been the protocol, but that is not what happened. And that's where the contention came in. The communication was not there. And to further add insult to injury, the it, because it's a and if I say what it is, it, it might give it away. So I'm just going to say this: the person that was because my talking to my nephew ended up saying that someone else would be calling, and it's this time of night. And to my knowledge, that phone call never was made. So it's neither here nor there. Nothing could be done at this point about what has taken place. But I do believe an apology needs to be put up forth to my nephew because he is dealing with the loss of his mother. And the trauma that comes along with her sudden death, she was not, she had illnesses, but nothing that would have caused her death. Nothing that we would have said, okay, she's sick and this is coming. This was sudden. This was an asthma attack that led into a heart attack that took her life. So nothing was leading up to this happening. So we're dealing with that 
grief with that trauma and then to know that what we thought was taking place was not taking place because the communication was all the way off that brings a level of trauma in itself because as talking to him and hearing him being upset and the, just the distraught and the disappointment and knowing that this is going to still be going on that we still don't have a resolution that there's still an issue that we can't do anything about because it's out of our hands hearing him be upset like how he was I got upset and when I get upset I stutter really bad I had a stuttering problem as a child I outgrew it but some things you cannot control when you're upset or when you're mad so I was upset I'm not going to even sit here and say that I was not or that I handled it well I was not inappropriate with anybody I didn't cuss or anything like that but I was out of sorts I was upset and I was hurt at what he was feeling but then it became what I felt because I want this resolved just as much as he does this as much as her sister does we want closure for this but because of this lack of communication because to be honest if we were told that they needed to wait on a death certificate and and not even telling us what the process is because I had a group of people that I was keeping in communication with some people that donated and people that know her so I have a text a group text of 17 people of when I would get updates I would send it to them so I sent them the information I sent out a voice recording because I was not in a position to text anything at that moment I sent out a voice recording of what was happening in real time what was happening in that moment and the hurt that I was feeling for her son and for myself and for the type of person she was even her body should not still be indisposed at 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 this level of of still being not decided not just still being above ground even though she's not having a, a, a a burial something still needs to be done with her remains it still should not be intact and because all of this is still up in the air because we were not informed properly we're at this point where we don't know what to do next we don't know the limbo they don't know the limbo that they have us in they don't know that we're hurting beyond anything that a simple you know apology would smooth over it really would but for this person that was supposed to call to have not contacted him at all what does that say about what we mean to them what does that say about because we had to raise the money instead of a policy being in place and them getting the money were we treated differently because of that were our feelings not considered because the social economic class is different what was the specific reason for us to have been or being treated like how we being treated i could understand even a mistake happening you know maybe they did forget to say that that part that and not even going into the step by step because i have a cousin that used to work at a funeral home and she was included 
in that group text of 17. And as soon as I sent the text out, messages started coming. I mean, back to back because, and not in the context of the group because I always, because it's a group text, y'all, most of y'all get group text. You know, people get funny about that. Your phone going off, phone going off. I didn't put this time, don't respond to this text, respond separately. But everybody responded separately. I got out of 17, I think I heard from about 10 people through a, via text. Three of them called me personally. So, but I didn't answer the phone to me because I, I was just really not at that place to talk to anyone about that at that time because I was still waiting to see if this person was going to call my nephew to give an apology there's no resolution that can be done because you have to wait like my cousin was telling me it's a process to the death certificate and it's not just something you just call and order and because I didn't know and I appreciate her taking the time I did talk to her because time I got through recording the the audio message she called and I picked I still had the phone in my hand so I answered it but we, we, we talked for about maybe 10 minutes and she was telling me the steps to that death certificate and it's not just a simple process. So they didn't have to tell us all that. You know, I appreciate her telling me that because now I know, you know, I hope this never happens again, but now I know. They didn't even have to go step by step with us, but they should have just said, you know, it's a process to order in the death certificate we didn't order it. Maybe they didn't think we were going to pay because it would have been nice if that was already in place. I don't know what they did. And I'm not going to speculate about what they did. All I know is that it's not where it needs to be. And because it's not, we're still in this limbo of can't doing what do what we need to do for our loved one. So here's the thing about the trauma of not being good enough the trauma of being considered less than this is the within from last month to this month situations keep happening to where I believe God is trying to show me things that people go through because I've always been a person that felt other people I would feel other people pain I would feel when they're going through stuff I'll send them a text just to say how you doing and nine times out of ten they'll send back you know well so and so is going on or this is going on and most of the times I wouldn't even say I picked you up in the spirit or I felt you like that but I would you know talk to them or we'll text it out or whatever but this this is this is different. You know, this is trauma on a different level. This is deep internal trauma of first of all going not being able to grieve and second of all being like I said I can't prove it, but it sure feels like we are being treated differently because there was no health insurance. So how many situations or how many of y'all have had family members or personally have gone through something and you 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 were didn't have every, all your T's wasn't crossed and your I's wasn't dotted and things wasn't like how they were supposed to be and you were looked at side eyed you were looked at funny your a nose got twitched up at you your mouth a person's mouth might have got looked at eyebrows might have went up looking at you a certain kind of way because you don't fit the social status 
of having everything in place or being able to do what you need to do. Sometimes it's self-inflicted and sometimes it's just circumstances beyond your control. But either way, you're going to get that look or you're going to get that eye. Sometimes the person can hold their facial expressions and you don't see it. But sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. If you go in the store and maybe don't have enough money and you hear the cashier go, maybe that's that one day that you didn't need to hear that person breathing hard at you because you're short of some change. And it's nice of the person behind you or two people behind you to say, well, you know, I I got it. How much you need? But that's not always the case in the line. Some people waiting for you to move so that they can get their stuff so that they can continue their day. So it just... You don't know what people go through in life when we huff at them or if they driving a little slower in traffic and we blowing the horn. We don't have patience with people. It's, we, we have to be considerate of each other. We have to put the compassion. We, we keep talking about things that need to be back in America. We need to put the compassion for one another back in America. The things that make us us, the things that binds us together that knits us and unifies us as a people, as a country. We need those things back. We need to have compassion for each other. We need to love one another. Like I think I said last week, as a Christian, no, it's a lot of things I don't like. And maybe it's some people that don't like things about me. Okay? We're, none of us are perfect and all of us fall short. We don't have to like what people do, but we have to love people. We have to have a love for people to the point where we're not so judgmental of them if they don't fit the mold that we think that they're supposed to be in. Because some people have gone through so much, maybe in a week's time, by Friday, they can't take one more thing. Or maybe in their lifetime, just one more thing is going to push them over the edge. We don't know what people go through on a day-to-day. We don't know how, what kind of atmosphere they're in to where they have to hold stuff in and that one more thing they just can't take we we put people in a a bubble to where we are a certain way and i'm saying this because i used to do this i was this person at one time not saying that i i I felt people look down on me because of how I was because of I didn't always have money like everybody else did and I would look down on people that did I would call up bougie or whatever and all of them weren't but that was my feeling lack of self-esteem about myself and the situations I was in so people do that and and it's not right it wasn't right when I did it and it's not right if you're doing it We can't put people in a mold, in a bubble, in a box. These things that we we close ourselves off to, like we're in a separate part of the world and the person that's next door to us is suffering, but we are so caught up in our own selves that we can't even have empathy for anybody except ourselves. We don't feel stuff until it hits us. And then we want everybody to come around us and comfort us and make us feel better. Well, where were you when somebody needed comfort? Where were you when your coworker was crying in the bathroom in the stall and didn't want to get seen and you just washed your hands and walked right out the bathroom? Where was you when the person that was in the grocery store needed a little extra change, needed a little help, and you were back there breathing and panting and your patients got 
got so short that you walked around to the next register because you didn't want to wait and see what that what was that person going to do how what was they going to dig in their pocketbook and find some more money where were you i can list endless scenarios of things we have failed at and and if you think about it maybe you fell into that category maybe you was the person that needed help or maybe you was the person that would have been able to help but you chose to make a different decision we have to be mindful of people of the situations because we don't know when it's going to be our turn we we i mean these people at this funeral home at this mortuary they 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 have the the upper hand because that's their business but we live in an economic society where anything can take a turn and we know that just like daycare is big 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 business funeral homes are big business because it is a business it's a big business it's an expensive business because just like the hospitals and somebody's going to be born we know that we're going to die one day and we need those services but there are many funeral homes we don't know what's going to happen what kind of instance is going to happen to where this funeral home is not in a position to be where they are now we just don't know so why treat people like that why why treat people in a way to where to make them feel less than who they are, what they are, whatever they are, it's not up to us to make that standard or make that call. So what situation have you been in to where you felt less than? And not only did it hurt you, it traumatized you. It put you in a place where you had to dig and crawl your way out. I thank God for the prayer warriors I was around today. I was with the matriarch of the sisterhood and one of our other sisters. We were just out having a good time today. And actually, when my nephew called, I was driving. And I don't usually answer the phone when I'm driving, but I saw it was him. And I figured he was calling to say they, the funeral home called him and said that they had her back and we could go ahead and start planning. So I answered the phone. I said, nephew, I'm driving. I don't like to talk when I'm driving. And he said, oh, auntie, I know. Just call me when you get situated. I got I got, got an update. So I, I got happy. I'm thinking this is going to finally be able to be put to bed only to find out that it's not. And like I said, it, it, it hasn't been stated that it's because she doesn't have insurance and we had to self-pay, but it sure feels that way. And I don't like this feeling. I don't like this feeling. And my heart goes out to anybody that has ever been not only in a situation with a deceased loved one, but any kind of situation, a medical situation, being in a store, being in traffic, being so traumatized over a, a, an event or a news or something you've heard to where it puts you in a bad headspace. My heart goes out to you. So I want you all to think about this all these listeners and and the the listenership went up last week i appreciate it i was ready to talk about something else this week but i really feel this is something that needs to light shed on about making people feel less than and how we know these things happen but what happens to us on the inside what happens to our nervous system because i know today my blood pressure shot up and my head immediately began to hurt. I got physically sick behind what I was feeling because I felt like, no, they didn't say it, but the action showed that 
because she didn't have insurance. We're getting treated like this, and till the end of business day, we still had not received the phone call, to my knowledge. Yeah, that's some trauma. That's some trauma. That's some stuff. <laughs> that is some stuff. So be that's let's be mindful of our treatment of others. Let's be mindful of the spirit of compassion, the spirit of just being authentic. Our authentic selves with how we interact and treat one another. Um, it's not supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to be where we're feeling that we're better than people or we can look down on people because we're way up there and maybe they're not up there with us so we feel we can snub a nose and we don't know how people take that internally some people could just brush that off that kind of stuff i could just brush off that that's not anything but everybody's not like that everybody's skin is different everybody's skin is not tough like that but we have to be mindful of that we can't say oh toughen up you know just get over it no no if something needs to be fixed we can't make somebody adjust to brokenness we have to help and aid in fixing it. So just something to think about this week. I ask that you keep us in prayer as we go through this process of not knowing now when this is going to come to an end. But I hope this gives you something to think about this week. Something to really put in your frontal lobe about how really we treat people and, and the stuff we suck our teeth at. And that person hears us. What does that do to them? What does that make them think about themselves? If they're, if you, this is your first time sucking your teeth at them, but they have always had people sucking their teeth or looking at them funny or making, uh, drawing a conclusion about them that might not even be true. Let's think about those things. If you would like to send me an email, send it to a woman's soul restored at gmail.com. The website is www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net. And I have not updated the new episodes for season three yet. I'll be working on that in the upcoming days. And as always, the Facebook page is A Woman's Soul Restored. Please go and like the Facebook page. I put inspirational stuff on there, uplifting stuff. Sometimes I'll share some stories of things in the news. But I really want to encourage us and lift us up in this society that gives us nothing but bad news. Let's encourage one another. Or if we're to that point where we can't find encouragement from anyone, Let's get built up to a place where we can encourage ourselves. Sometimes we only have us. So for this week, for week three, this is LaTanya Hendry with A Woman's Soul Restored. You all have a blessed week. And shoot me an email. Let me know your thoughts. Um, we got a lot of emails last week. And maybe within the next two or three weeks, I'll do an email week. I got, I think I got a guest next week. Next two or three weeks, I think. But the next free week, I'll probably do email week and read some of the emails that came in over the summer. Um, and then read some that came in from week one and week two. So you all be blessed. And until next week, Lord willing. Mm-hmm.